welcome to LOI Central. It's the first episode of the 2021 League of Ireland and uh, what a season that we have in store with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonnell. Uh, we're very, very excited to be back after a very long off-season, uh, starting off in the middle of March, but it is what it is. On today's show, we're going to have Jack Byrne coming in live from, coming in from Cyprus rather. Gary Rogers is going to talk about his life post the League of Ireland. And Keith Long spoke to yours truly at a very blustery uh, Terryland Park last weekend. So we'll talk to him about uh, both season ahead. Just before I get to Dan, um, to mention our new sponsor, Future Ticketing. Um, thanks so much to Liam Holton for getting on board. Um, just after doing a little bit of digging there, Dan, last week, turned out that our uh, I, I, I found out that Future Ticketing is actually linked with um, 12 League of Ireland clubs to kind of do their online ticketing, um, which is all well and good. But of course, nobody's buying match tickets at the moment. So we're very, very thankful uh, for Future Ticketing getting on board as a sponsor. Um, and how are you? I'm good. Yeah, well, it's, it's good to be back, Johnny. You know, we've, we've gone full. We know we're sort of a League of Ireland entity now when we've basically the same show with a different name. It's like the... Uh, LOI Alberts will be your next name or something. Treaty you know, United, Free State United. What, you various know. incarnations, yeah. But um, yeah, it, is, it is good to be back, you know. it's um, it's um, It's been, yeah, four, four months pretty much last week since the uh, since the last night of the league season, I suppose. It's, it was a bit shorter than that for the FBI Cup final and the Dogs Europa League games and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's good, it's good to be back talking to you. It's funny, like... Like it's it's um I know we probably talk to each other most days, but it's it's actually more WhatsApp, isn't it? And you know that's how people communicate. Not actually talking, not actually mm. talking as much as we normally would. You know, we have a lot to discuss. We do. Um, I guess to start. We we both got in a game the weekend. I went down to Galway. Um, was obviously at the Bulls game. You were at Sean uh, Rose and Dock. Great to be back at a football game. And uh, we again have to couch this by saying we understand that that isn't an option open to most people at the moment. Um, but for us journalists lucky enough to get to a game, it was great to be back watching live football. Yeah, I mean, like it, it is, it is, and I am very conscious of that. Like I was, you know, I was just doing a. a, a preview piece there you know the end of sort of League of Ireland preview piece for Friday and um, you know I, I, I basically I, I found it hard to just like just sit down and do well here's a, here's a preview you know Rovers uh, you know Rovers should do this or the dog should do that or, or whatever I, I just I felt like the only way to start it really is by referencing the fact that like for so many people this is normally a very exciting week and uh, the first weeks back are generally great crowds, you know, even the places where it's more casual, it's more floating. And um, there's that great buzz. And um, it is true. Like, I, I think, I think we definitely have to be sensitive about it. Like that. We, you know, I do feel very lucky to be able to go. And, um, you know, the nature of people who, who are in the media is to complain, you know, sometimes, mm. but everything else, oh, but cold tonight, or it's a bit, whatever. But I think after what has been like a long winter for a lot of people, the longest winter, you know, in some respects, like the, it is, it is a good thing to be able to do to, to, to you know, go to the car and, and or whatever and, and, and have your match night. But I think definitely you have to be very mindful of, you know, the people who are genuinely missing that connection. And I think that's why, like, it's great to, I mean, these, these, these shows and, and everything we do, I think, like, there's, there's a sort of a community aspect to things and it's important to keep that community discussion going. Um, and, you know, to, I suppose to some respects, like, you, you know, the, the, 
the, the clubs are all sort of finding out who their friends are at this time in terms of sponsors and backers and you know it's hard like a lot of people are struggling at the moment so it, it's difficult for them and um but but yeah i mean you know you take that out of it um it is is of course like it is good to have it back um i think it's going to be an interesting season i think we'll more so get into it to gary rogers with gary rogers maybe later because i think we'll, we'll go to jack but um that was an interesting game on Friday Rovers Dundalk. I think um, I'm conscious of not over, going overboard on the Dundalk stuff here because I think our latter shows last year and, and you know, the Europa League did a lot of stuff around Dundalk. And I think we probably will again in the coming weeks. It was obviously a very um, unique, unique situation. I don't even know. It's not unique because we've, we've had other clubs do it with the pro license situation. I think with Dundalk, it's just more high profile because they've been the dominant club of recent years. And, you know, there was a big hoo-ha and fanfare about bringing in Filippo, you know, that great story, you know, Filippo being parachuted in from New York, you know, doing interviews in his suits in the Europa League games, an amazing story that, that, that met waves outside Ireland, you know, not just, you know, not just inside Ireland, there was a story that went, went around Europe when they were playing Arsenal in terms of the novelty story. So I think you're off the back of that. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, it's the most extreme version of pro-license, uh, uh, charadery it's not even a word but I mean if it was this is what you would call it um, so but we'll, I think we'll come back to that topic again you know and we'll, we'll talk about it but I don't think we should we should make it you know the entire thrust of our, for, of our, of our show but you see Liam Buckley saying today everyone knows who's in charge I think you'll see other managers doing that but yeah now listen we've a lot to discuss we'll do, probably do more first division stuff next week if people are listening in from those yeah. clubs you know because that kicks off next week so be more Premier Division orientated. Yeah, um, yeah, because like the first division in fairness, I think it's going to be one of the best first divisions that we've had in a long time. Just some of the the caliber of the teams down there and so forth. But I think I saw enough in in even the first half of that game in Tala to think that we might have a bit of a title race this year, which we didn't really have last year, and we'll be talking about all that in due course. Let's get over to Cyprus. We're now joined <laughs> uh, by Jack Byrne, which makes uh, Jack basically our first big. Uh, Guest on the show as LOI Central. Jack, how are you getting on? Yeah, all good. You know, looking forward to speaking to his lads, misses, you know. Yeah, you've uh, you, you can basically put your feet up, watch the horses uh, in Shelton this week, watch football, relax with your misses over in Cyprus, and you basically couldn't be better apart from the fact you're injured. Yeah, basically, yeah. Watched the golf last night. Uh, would have been a little bit better if Lee Westwood had a one like we were saying last night, Johnny, when we were at Texas. But look, <laughs> he can't win them all. <laughs> Dan, he looks absolutely terrific. Oh, listen, yeah. Well, not everyone, I mean, people are listening to this, Johnny. They're not all seeing it, but he does look like a person who's reasonably content and healthy rather than, I, I don't think he's put on a couple of stones since the back is getting at him or something like that. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's, he's hanging we, in there. I think that's been my problem since I was four. Then I can't put on one stone, never mind four. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how are you getting on? I mean, I, I know you've done a few interviews recently. So I don't want to just do the same interview again, Jack, but just for people maybe who haven't heard you speak recently, like you've got a, a couple of months timeline here, realistically, to start next season. But you're, I wouldn't say you're happy enough with it. Obviously, of course, you're not, but you're content that the right thing to do is to take a little bit of time because this back issue is something that's been niggling at you for a while, basically. Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, I think uh, it's never ideal when you come to a new club that you can't hit the ground running. And, and um, you know, obviously the club brought me here um, because, you know, they weren't doing so well and they were probably looking for new signs to come in and 
affect it straight away. Um, but look, your body's your body and that only allows you to push it so much. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough that, you know, I probably haven't missed a game of football uh, in my whole, my whole career, you know what I mean? Every every week, you know, every training session, I've always been fit fit to play. Um, you know, every football I play is with a little bit of pain and, you know, a little problem that they're managing. You know, no one's ever 100% fit going out into a football pitch. But, you know, sometimes injury just gets too much. And, uh, you know, I had to take the, the advice from the club and the advice from the doctor here. And, you know, they've been really good, really professional. You know, you sometimes you just have to listen to your body and, and, and listen to people who maybe know a little bit more than you and just take the foot off the pedal for a, for a, for a couple of months, you know. So, so you're out there, obviously, settling into your, I suppose, new life is the way of phrasing it. Um, at least I'm sure you're aware, like when, when Mick goes and then you get the injury, you're facing a lot of questions from people. I'm sure, you know, people will be saying to us, oh, you know, what, what did he do going there? Like, you know, are you aware of that commentary and are you sort of relaxed with it? Like that people will have their opinion and say, oh, maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't working out for him. Yeah, but then, like, you know, we, we've, talk, we've spoke away from from here, you know, and away from mm. this podcast. And I've had people talking about me since I was 12 years of age, since I, you know, was the best player at the Kennedy Cup and going away and, uh, you know, Manchester United want to sign you. Um, Arsenal, Liam Brady's flying. Me and my brother over, Harry Redknapp is inviting, you know, me and my brother over to the training ground, my mother. You know, she's going off with Pat Jennings having a smoke behind the bushes and, and we're talking. <laughs> contact, you know what I mean? That doesn't sound like Jackie at all. <laughs> it doesn't sound like Jackie, does it? So, um, we've had people talking about me since I was, you know, 14 years of age, 13 years of age. This is nothing new, like, you know, and, you know, this is a, a new challenge for me. It's different. It's, it's something that, you know, how many players get the opportunity to come out here and play for, for, for the big club? Can't wait for the fans to come back. To be honest, and, mm. and, and experience that. Um, I've already experienced the the atmosphere of of you know the, the fans at the training ground before the derby game. That was brilliant. Um, obviously wasn't fit to play in it. Would have been great. Um, but like these are the the reasons why you come out here and and you, and you take these chances because you know people. It, it's completely different to you know Shamrock Rovers and and Ireland, and it's completely different to even when I was at Blackburn in the championship, like, you know, they, they live and breathe it. They, it's their life. It's their passion. It's, you know, it's, it's Applewell Nicosia in this town or, or nothing, you know what I mean? So, you know, the people are passionate um, and you're involved in that and you feel as if you're involved with the people and you want to give something back to the people here. So, you know, it's, it's completely different to other cultures that you play in front of and, and it was kind of similar to that in Holland you know, so, um, and and that's where I really enjoyed myself. I probably played my best football out there. So, and when the opportunity came, when when the opportunity arose to come here, you know, you, why not think about it first and foremost and and and, and, and try something different, you know? Mm-hmm. But I guess what I'm saying is you, you, like, you, you have to deal with one or two things you mightn't have expected when you went out there. Like, are you better equipped to deal with that now than you might have been even you know, two, three years ago when you felt yeah, like you'd had a run course. of bad luck, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course, like, you know, if I'm older now, boys are, you know, you, you get setbacks and you, you have to go through things to, you know, know how to deal with this. And it's not easy for the, for, for the young man leaving, 
you know, just say Man City at the time and then getting two or three setbacks uh, in a row, probably unfair, uh, some of them. Um, but, you know, that's just the way football was at that stage. But, you know, we, 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 I reset, I went again and, you know, we've got opportunity to come out here to a big club and, and uh, you know, did I think, you know, Mick was going to be here for the duration that I was going to be here or vice versa? Maybe, maybe not because I signed a two and a half year contract and Mick only had an eight day one contract. So, mm. you know, it was, it, it was always in the back of my mind that, you know, if we came out here and, and uh, you know, I was doing really well and maybe Mick didn't want to stay on after the eight day months that I still had a year left after him anyways, you know? So mm. in my head, that was, uh, that was, a, you know, a big factor in me deciding to come here as well, uh, that the club was was showing faith to me that, you know, they also wanted me here, the president, you know, when I spoke to him, um, because it is like that out here, you know, the coaches coach and the backroom staff kind of make the, the, the decisions, the presidents, and, you know, when I, when I spoke to him, um, you know, I had a good feeling that he had a plan for me, and, you know, since I've been here, I don't think that has changed, you know what I mean? So, mm. like, I'm very comfortable with how how it's gone. Of course, I want to be playing. Of course, I want to be, you know, repaying, repaying the fake and then bringing, bringing me here. But, you know, I signed the long contract and, and, I, and I was happy with that. That was a, that was a, a factor in me coming here. Um, you know, so I was always quite comfortable with it. So... Yeah, you're... Sorry, Dan, yeah. No, no go on, Johnny. Go on. Yeah, you're 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 kind of I suppose the the background as well of of you being over there. You're you're hoping your family might come over, but your girlfriend's moved over as well, so that must be a big boost. I know you're living with Joe Garner, but must give you some sense of kind of um I don't know the happiness and kind of normality away from home and that. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, I've have me 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 girlfriend here, and uh, you know she's got um well family will go out to Egypt as well, and that's not too far from here. That's only forty five minutes away, so. You know, you've got um got people close to home, um, you know, a second home basically. So, you know, it's 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 okay. Like we're, we're basically if we're not in lockdown, it's it's not it's not hard to get it, you know, it's it's just at the moment all the travel restrictions and stuff like that. Um, but if you ask me now, Johnny, will I be going home for the summer? Probably not. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those places that, you know. I'll want to stay here. I'll want to experience it. I'll want to become part of, you know, get get to know the people a little bit more and just be ready for the new season. Hit the ground running. I'm in no rush to be to be going home and and uh, and to be to be you know meeting up with my friends or anything like that. It's 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 not that kind of place. You know, I'm happy over here. I've got you know my girlfriend here and 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 hopefully when the travel opens up uh you know the family can come out as well and we can kind of enjoy it all together and the crowd will be back in the stadiums you know it'll get better like you know but you know really enjoying it at the moment i can't can't speak highly enough but enough of the place to be fair like you know actually i'm really really enjoying it so so it's just it's just it's just 45 minutes to egypt is this just a little nip yeah. down the road is it i think yeah. it's something <laughs> i think you could probably swim across to it <laughs> Yeah, well, you haven't been like yet. Like the no. walrus in the Blasket Island. No, no. The, uh, you haven't I, been I, yet, no. no. No, I haven't been yet, but I, I do want to go. So, but look, it's it's easier to get there than you know two flights from Dublin. So, yeah. Uh, mm. okay, well. So, to bring it back, I mean, this is obviously a League of Ireland show. You had you had two years in the league. You were Player of the Year twice. Uh, you know, you won the league the last year. 
like how, I don't know, like it's, it's a very, very broad question, but like, like how do you reflect on your time at home, like compared to maybe what you thought when you mm. sort of stepped onto the training pitch at the first time, having been at Kilmarnock and, and you've spoken before, it wasn't a great time for you. So like, how would you yeah. sum up those two years? Uh, <laughs> it's a tough one, you know. It's probably, you know, some of the, some of the best times of, of my life. Um, you know, you can't over, overestimate being at home with family and friends and playing in front of them, you know, scoring goals. And they didn't really have the chance to see me playing week in, week out because it was always away, you know. So you're, you're coming home and you're playing in front of your own. You know, you get your international debut then and, and uh, you know, all your family there in your hometown. I had explained these things. It's, it was it was a it was just one thing after another going well, going well, going well, and you know it was great people there that were you know supporting me and and showing good faith to me. And you know I think when you when I first went in, I remember you know Joey O'Brien. We were after uh, we were after doing something whatever it was in training, and uh, with a bit of a smack of reality, you know Joey said to me. With the, all the lads are doing red arse at the training ground. And he said, oh, "Yeah, I said I'm not. I'm not going into the goal and taking me me boxes down and letting people build balls at me at me bum, you know." Man. And Joey said, "Well, I had to do it when I came back." He said, "You know, you got to do it, Jack." I said, "No, I'm not doing it." I said, "I said there's no chance I'm getting in the goal there." I said, "It's my second day." I said, "I'm not doing that, Joey." I said, "No chance." So we had a bit of a spat and a bit of an argument, and you know. I said, I'll pay the fine, whatever it is. He says, oh, yeah, pay the fine. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, you have a bit of money. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. That's grand. Yeah, pay the fine. You know, and I kind of, after that, I, I kind of remember saying, okay, now, like, what am I doing? Do you know what I mean? Like, just get in the goal, take your jocks down and just be like everyone else and be humble and just, you know what I mean? Just crack on. Like, it's no big deal. Get involved, get part of the squad. But, you know, without Joey doing that and without, you know, having them kind of people around me, and it wasn't as if it was like, you know, a massive argument or anything, but it was kind of a bit of a, right, yeah, you're kind of right, I'm here. There's a couple of the other lads doing it, Alan Manis done it, you know, he's 37 years of age, why am I doing it, do you know what I mean? And maybe that was my problem before that, I just, you know what I mean, didn't get get involved, I was always, I always like to think of myself as a good teammate and a good, a good, a good, a good person, but maybe I did you know, not have that attitude towards certain things and, you know, it's kind of, oh, yeah, whatever, like, mm. but you know, certainly don't have that now and it definitely humbled me coming back there and, and spending time with people that genuinely do care about you and you find yourself soon caring about them, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sitting here during the night and I'm watching game, the game they're playing against Dundalk, like, in, on, the, on the laptop and I'm texting people saying, what's he doing and playing that position? <laughs> why is this going on? And why hasn't he brought him on? And You know, you're still involved, like, you know, and like, I don't sit there and watch the Oldham games and do that, you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's hard to explain and, you know, uh, just a connection you have with your own people and just people that will be friends with away from football and, you know, football aside. I'll always have a relationship with these kind of people, you know. So, just the whole experience of it, and you know, winning player of the year twice can't can't explain that, you know. 
yeah, I guess as well, what was interesting is you're you're coming in and you're you're a bit new to the league and you're kind of you're you're first to kind of way of judging the quality <laughs> of the players that you've actually you know joined as teammates is their ability to hit your ass like basically. Yeah, do you know do you know what the thing was though, Johnny? I was coming home and people probably thought it was a big name coming home and this is great for the league. Jack's gonna do well, but to be honest, I was, was very lucky to start a first game of the season because I was absolutely awful in pre-season. I was off away. I couldn't run. I had no motivation, you know. I was, I was, I wasn't at it, like you know what I mean. And and I might have been a big name, or you know, I might have been good a season before that. But at that time, I wasn't good, and I wasn't, you know, able to rip it up. And if, you know, if I was the manager, I wouldn't have played me. There was only one game in pre-season, and I remember it because I got a, <clears throat> I got a bollocking off my agent, which I probably do most weeks, anyways, <laughs> off ground. But he basically said to me, he said, Jack, he said, you've, you've got to buy into it. Like, you've stop being embarrassed, you know, stop being embarrassed that you're here and stop being, you're playing like you're embarrassed to be in the league or you're playing like, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be here. And if you do play like that, you're, you're not going to be here. You're not going to play at all. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, mm. you're not even going to be a footballer, never mind in this league. He said, and you can hopefully, you know, do well here and kick on again, like, you know. And I remember that, and I remember thinking, I was thinking, I was half thinking, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm half trying here because I don't want to fully commit. Because if I do, when it goes wrong, then what will people say? And you know what I mean? It was, mm. it, it, like, as a young man, it did. You have these things going through your head because your pride kind of is hurt at that time when you are making the decision to go home. And then obviously played against Brentford. I think you were at the game down, and I obviously yeah. don't know. And then I think uh, you know. There was a few things said after that game. Brentford actually were looking and saying it was the number, it was the number twenty nine playing for Shamrock Rovers, and then that gave me a bit of confidence. Mm. Then kind of you starting to hear rumours again. Well, actually, maybe I can get back to that level, and then you just kick on, and you know, I think that was February time, and I think March time was called up to the Ireland squad, and you know, I, I, I put my head down and warped, and and you know, I had to basically because, you know. I had no other choice then. I it was it, it, mm. it was gonna, it was going to slide, and it was it was going to end badly to people that had shown faith to me, and you know people that were good people, and I could have lost them their jobs as well. Like and 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 that that was in my head as well, and you know I thought really, I've got to get the ring around here. That's a really interesting point because and and it's not related to you, but I I this is something I've come up across in, in work. You might speak to some lads in England. And it's been said to me that sometimes they don't want to come home in case it doesn't work out for them. Because if it comes home and it doesn't work out for them in the league, then where do you go? And some of them will just hang on over in England and just try and get a club anywhere just so they can, you know, they can say they're over in England. Whereas if actually they come home, yeah. It's not not easy though. Like the, the, the league, people looking at the league and thinking they'll come home and they'll, you know, They'll, they'll walk it or like the league is not easy Joey O'Brien struggled in the league for I think a couple of months the fourth season he came in and he's probably been the best one of the best defenders in the league and he played in the, in the Premier League for, for so long it, and he fully bought into it you know what I mean so like imagine someone coming home and, and not doing that you know what I mean so it is a shock like when you do when you, when you do come back because you're thinking you're going to walk in and play against Sligo away and oh yeah, be okay. I've played against Rochdale away and you know, I've been the best player on the pitch. And 
it's completely different. It's completely different. Like, you know what I mean? Boys, I think, are fitter. You know, they're, they're, they're hungrier. Um, you know, they're fighting for, for, for each other. There's no millionaires in the league. They're all wanting to, to, to get across the water. They're all wanting to do well. They're all wanting to play for Shamrock Rovers. So if you, you are playing for Shamrock Rovers, you know, you've got a tough game in your hands wherever you go. So, you know, it's it's not easy. Like, and if you can't come home and do well and buy into it, like, the quality of players sometimes coming home, you know, probably was hanging around England because their manager probably liked them and he had a, a half-decent attitude but might not have been the best player anyways. And, and mm. you know, then when they do come home, people are expecting them to absolutely tear up trees but they've never been that player and they never would have been that player. So, you know, that's the other side of it as well, you know. Mm. There's not many, say, uh, Dylan Watts coming home from 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 Leicester and, and going to just come in, you know, his quality on the ball. You know, sometimes you get players that come home and that, that they might just be a defensive midfielder and then when they do come home, that's all they are, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good point, actually. Yeah, it's a good point. Tell me, like, uh, so... The protocol with these things, do you just get kicked out of the WhatsApp group with the players when you leave then, or do you uh, <laughs> do you do a big farewell post? Or like, would you, you kick me out of a WhatsApp group now, would you? <laughs> so you, you, you was created on that one stage. Uh, that's, that's, let's, let, let's not discuss Johnny Ward's late night WhatsApp group creations here. I'm in around fucking 50 of them, but anyway, that's, not, that's another story. Um, but like, but but so are you still in it, or do you, is there another no, one that all the day to day stuff is going on? Yeah, or, or? We, we we have a separate one, but I, I just thought that you know it was it, it it was better for me to to leave the actual you know the day to day group chat with the with the players where the schedule and stuff is going in. I just you know I, I just thought yeah look let them crack on now let them move on and and and, and do that thing and hopefully do well this season and you don't want that distraction you know what I mean. Mm. Um, me being in there and probably having a having a guard of one night and throw something in a bit of band look I know if we need to speak to any of them I, I, I can speak to them no problem you know what I mean we have our own group chats and stuff like that so it's fine. Dan, Dan and I are going to get to this at the towards the end of the show um, and, and discuss maybe the league uh, this season in terms of Rovers, where they were versus last year. But I don't know, just one thing, and, and you can probably be as honest as you can about this, but I think yourself and Aaron McInef are a massive loss to Shamrock Rovers and not easily replaced. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's a hard one, like, you know, because I'm not there. Um, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not there every day, so I can't see how they're getting on. But from what I'm, what I'm hearing from the lads is that, you know, they will do well. I think they you know they're obviously going to be strong they've got Borgie they've got Dylan Watts they've got Gary O'Neill uh, McCann is after coming in um, Mandrew you know so they've they brought in decent players um, you know but obviously you know I think Mark and, and, and myself played nearly every game and, and you know we're obviously a big part of the team so we'll take time for them to, to probably Learn how to play a, a, maybe a bit more direct or a bit of a different way, and and uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing how they get on this year. To be honest, mm. I'll always, I'll always be a fan of of that team. Like they've still got Arden Green, they've still got Rory Gaffney, who'll be like a new sign, and they've still got you know good enough players there to 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 replace us. Like you know what I mean? So like I don't see it being a a, a huge problem. 
uh, for them because you know they've signed well and they've already had players there that will you know come into them positions. I think for, and they do well as well because I played with them. I know how good they are. I certainly know how good Dylan Watts is. You know what I mean? So uh, how good is he? Yeah, he's class. He's brilliant. Like you know, he got great attitude as well. Like I think him and Steve McFell. Steve McFell has been brilliant for them. Absolutely brilliant for Dylan Watts. He was great for them um, the last preseason. Dylan himself would probably say he needed to be a little bit fitter, you know what I mean? And he needed to, and like he just showed the character of him to go out and do four or four minutes after we done gym sessions and stuff with Stephen McFail. Mm. But also shows the character of Stephen McFail to be grabbing Dylan Watts and saying, listen, come on, let's go and do four or four minutes. You know what I mean? So, like, that's what I love about that place. There's people there wanting people to do well and, and, and all working for the same thing. And, you know, um, you know, accepting that, yeah, maybe I do need to improve this and, and, and not, you know, denying it. Like, you know, I think that's the good thing about that place. It's never an argument. It's just a, yeah, okay, I do need to improve this. How do we do it? And let's go and work at it. So I think that's why, that, why they will do well this year. I think, you know, if it's not as slick, maybe, as it was before with me and Macker in the middle of the park, they will find a way of, 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 of winning. And uh, now the manager... Will will work that out very quickly because he's obviously very very good coach, you know. Just just um, we were having a bit of off air chat. This this is a bit of a tough one to throw at you, but we just thought for a bit of fun, could we try and get you to go with the? I'm sure if we asked you for your best eleven in the league, you'd probably pick eleven Rovers lads or like a lot of lads you're with. But just players you played against. Is there anyone any sort of outstanding players or from your two years in the league, the players that stood out, you know? So. We asked you to do it. I don't know if you've got a team or just want to just shout some names at us or what have you... The, the players that stood out from your experience. I could probably go through, you know, I could probably go through with him, yeah. We have, we definitely uh, have Gary Rogers in goal because, you know, obviously what he's achieved, I think... Because he's on the show. He's, he's on the show, yeah. So, no, but I think what, what you achieved in his all around career and, you know, the way he finished off winning the cup as well, you know, you definitely have to have him in there. You know, Alan Manis obviously played with him, unbelievable goal game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, I think it's pretty simple between them, t- between them two. Roy Black, I'd probably have, uh, I'd probably have Detsa, you know, because he was always, you know, his captain was, Brilliant, like you know what I mean. He, hmm. he, you just hated, you just knew that they were going to be up for it, and you knew he was going to mint somebody in the corner, and the whole <laughs> crowd are going to be throwing chips at us for the rest of the game. You know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, without Derek in there, just because you know, just the the, the leader that he was, and, and and you know, he was he always knew we were getting like a, a tough, tough game. Um, Santa Barks, Dan Clarity, hundred percent, Dan play at much higher level you know I think everybody knows that and I think he, he will like you know at some stage I think he'll make that step um, unless Dundalk keep getting into the Europa League you know what I mean mm. I think, getting those bonuses you know yeah, I, think mm. will, I think he will have to get uh, get a few bonuses yeah but he spent them in the boy with me so uh, he, he's struggling <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah Dan then I'd have um, Sean Hoare was always excellent when we played against him Brilliant he was. Um, left back. Left back's a tough one. Mm. Probably go with... That's tough. Yeah, well, well I suppose yeah. I'm trying to think like Daryl Leahy, Dane Massey, it's on Dawk. I'm thinking of yeah. those have had... 
Breslin in recent years and Paddy Kirk yeah. and yeah, it's 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 a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. one. If you don't have one, you don't have to yeah, go for one. Probably ha- I'd probably have to leave the left-backs out, to be honest, because every time I've played against them, they haven't been great. And, you know... No, that's that's just being honest. Like, you know what I mean? I can't th- I can't sit here and think of a left-back that we've played against, if we've ever played against Bowles or we've ever played against Dundalk and Dame Massey and Dara Leahy and said, mm. you know, they were brilliant that day. And I've watched them both play in different games and thought, yeah, they are very good players. Obviously, they are. Dara Leahy's an... Or, International. He's a good player, but you know, I've never played against him and thought, oh yeah, struggling. You know, we need to get it, we need to get a hold of him. Yeah, so, yeah, that's fair enough. No, we want honesty. So yeah. midfielders then who who stands out from the midfielders? Fights, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, Paddy Mac. Um Paddy Mac was great. Was honest, I like a player fights at all them and he's he's quality, like he's different level. Um, you know, he can the stuff he can do with a football is frightening, like you know. So I just love to see him fit this year and just have a proper, proper yeah. whack at it. Um, I don't know, I Keith Buckley as well. I hated playing against Buckley <laughs> against him. You know, he, he he got the better of me a, a lot of times when I was playing against him. You know, I think, like people will say, I probably got the better of him a few times, but I'd say more often than not. He got the better of me, and and you know he he was like a ration, always driving team forward, and, and uh, you know I think if you ask most number tens in the league who they don't want to play against, probably Keith Buckley. But I have yeah. the same conversation with Joey O'Brien, and he's going around and saying, "Keith Buckley, you crazy?" When I throw him in the same <laughs> year, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, but no, honestly, Buckley was horrible to play against. But fair, do you know what I mean? Was never nasty or never yeah you know, anything like that. Always fair. Shake hands at the end of the game and say, "Well, the one got seen two weeks." So that's two midfielders. <laughs> Any others? Any other midfielders? Yeah, I was thinking. Chris Shields, yeah. Obviously, um, Shalesy. Shields is kind of the same as 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 Buckley in that sense, where he's always on the front foot. For me, it was horrible, and he's bouncing second balls. He's always on the front foot, driving forward, pushing the team on. Do you know what I mean? When he's never winning the ball, kind of going back towards his own goal, or you know. And and then you can start the press going that way. It was always, you know, a bouncing ball where he's he's winning the ball and then setting them off in the attack. Um, and I thought he was always very good at that and always tricky for me, like to to figure it out, like you know. Um, yeah, kind of looking around your show, like taking your first touch, thinking I, I need to move this ball offline here. I'm getting clattered. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I think what he's achieved in his career and his Europa League performances last season as well. Were, Mm. More, more exceptional so you know we, I don't think he gets enough credit he deserves in, in, in the league for what he's doing and, and actually how good of a footballer he is That's yeah. very three good. midfielders you're going to go three, four, four, two, or 4 3 3 I, I'm going to try uh, we're going to try Duffy on the, mm. yeah. on the left obviously Duffy's quality he was the one that every time we were playing against Dundalk he'd be the one that he'd be saying listen that's who we need to, we need to keep quiet and to be fair a lot of the times I thought we probably did, you know what I mean? And I maybe didn't see him at his very best when 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 I was back in the league. It was probably the season before that when he was really ripping it up. But obviously, you know, seeing a couple of the games and a couple of the goals he was scoring back then, and you know, even in some of the games that we played against Dundalk, he, he he made the difference. And might not have been, you know, brilliant on the night, but he made the difference. Like, and um, you could really see his quality. And and I think it was it got difficult for him. Throughout the throughout the 
the year after that he won the player of the year because people mm. kind of, you know caught up on like kind of expected it and, and yeah. doubled on him every single time and you know that's that's difficult for them you know so yeah uh, i presume your old buddy pat hoobin is up front yeah, we actually, do you know what? The, the strike, the strike is hard, isn't it? I don't, how could you not throw Mike Millen in there after he's, he he didn't touch the ball for ninety minutes and then scored a hat? <laughs> Put Mike Millen in in front of Hooban then. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, but no. a lot of people, are, a lot of Rovers people, are still getting over that. So yeah, I can imagine. But I know. Who are your two up top? It was a good game, wasn't it? Like, you know, yeah. playing like two good teams going at it. They we ran out of steam and they 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 found some steam and that's just the way that went. So are we throwing in McLennan and Hooban or are we gonna throw in someone else? Are any other strikers? I don't know, Danny Grant or anyone like that. Is anyone else you want to throw yeah. in there? Danny, anyone Danny else to play against? Yeah, uh, I thought Danny Grant was was good, yeah, but I wouldn't play him up top. I'd probably I'd probably play Hooban because uh he was always a focal point and he'd always, you know, have, have you pinned around the edge of boxing. You know, the way they played, pretty pretty direct. Like, you know, we always got them up the pitch. He was a good player, to be fair. Like, you know, I mean, you can't say he's not a good player. He was top, he was top goal scorer in the league uh, for, you know, probably the two years I was there. He was he, he was he was the best striker in the league. So he's definitely in there, do you know what I mean? Probably yeah. unlucky not to, get a, not to get an Ireland cap, you know, or an Ireland call-up at one stage. Um. Then the other one is it's a tough one, like you know. Who, 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 who else do you try Yeah, well, that's how you've yeah. I mean, I don't know, I need a Sligo lads or uh, Ronan Coughlin or Junior. Yeah, Coughlin, to be fair. We'll throw in Coughlin up front with Parkhouse, Parkhouse, Parkhouse. Okay. Yeah, Parkhouse was very good. Yeah, Irish clubs have faced Cypriot clubs a few times in Europe recently. From speaking to players over there, would they regard drawing an Irish club as a handy tie, Jack? Uh, no, because uh, our captain here got beat against Cork playing for Applewell Limassol, I think, and he said yes. that was all time and fat, and he said and he still couldn't get a win, so he couldn't couldn't get his head around it. So he said he never wants to draw an Irish team again. <laughs> <laughs> this one's from Aaron Rogan. Who's the next full Irish international in the league? Uh, oof. Gee. Uh... That's tough, man. If you're not sure, you're not sure. Ask Johnny, would he recommend from his own experience, ask Jack, would he recommend from his own experience that young Irish lads should be playing in Europe rather than the UK? No, it's just whatever suits you, whatever still suits you. You know what I mean? If you're a big blocker, number six, and you go to the UK, if you're a small technical, number 10, show Europe. Quick one from Aaron Rogan. Pat Hoban said last year, wasn't a real league win on the dock. Are the proper defending champions? How many points would Rovers have won it by if it were a full league? I don't know how many points would they have lost a boy that's what I'd be more we would have won a boy what, what would they have lost a boy I think they took plenty of pride out of the fact that we were something like seven points in front halfway through the last stage of the season before and they had three games in hand or something over took a boy like let's be honest about it Pat's a sound bloke we speak we speak to Pat you know what I mean like the odd time you drop, drop messages you know what I mean he's sound I don't know what he was getting out there, to be honest. But now I'll probably give him a bit of banter over it, to be fair. But like, you know, who cares? Like, it's such a stupid talk, really, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> Dan. Uh, one last thing, actually, because you, you, um, you, we, the question about future internationals, like, you're not sure. 
there'd be, there'd be a lot of interest in, in young Joe Hodge actually going to Derry City on loan from Man City this year. And I don't know if you've seen Joe play at all. A lot of people yeah. hope that he might get to that level someday. But I'm just wondering, like, okay, you went to Canberra. You went to a very good level. But do you think you would even have benefited from coming to the league here when you were 18, 19? You know, you obviously went to other places on loan. Do you think, like, it's a good option for players in England to even come here for a year if they're, if they're, if they're making yeah. their way? Yeah, 100%. Um, well, you, you can see kind of with, I think I think a couple of them have come and it hasn't worked out. And, you know, I think they come and they, they underestimate it. Um, and they think it's a lower standard than than League One or, or or League Two, and it's not like you know what I mean. The Dundalk and Rovers could easily play in top top in the League League One, you know what I mean. And you know the rest of the teams could easily play in League One. Just, uh, I'm sure of that. Like you know, play the levels, I've seen the levels. You know, Mark Bourne will probably say that he came back from Dillingham and you know went into the into the into the league and probably said you know when he played against Rovers, they're they're a proper side, you know what I mean. So. You know, we think people coming back. I think you're seeing it with Cork. It just went absolutely so wrong for them because the lads coming back didn't have the attitude that they actually wanted to, you know, be there and, and, and help Cork. So it's important that when you are bringing, you know, lads in that, you know, they are, you know, lads like Joe Hodge that they want to come in and do well. And, you know, you've got good people around them. They're going into a good dressing room where you might not get away with it, you know. So um, I think... Yeah, I think it's a it, it is a good step for the, for for people to come, and they should you know think about more if they can't get alone in 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 you know League One or League Two. That's only a half an hour up the road. Might be a little bit easier for them, you know. Final question for me then: Who wins the league? Yeah, uh, Rovers, I think win it, um, but I think it's going to be close. I think Dundalk are pretty similar to last year, and you know I think. They've probably added. I, I I like to look at that left side centre back, and I did like to look at that goalkeeper as well. Do you know the lad that got sent off? I thought he looked really looked like a good player. So, you know, I think they'll be pretty similar to last year. So, um, but pretty similar to Pat Hoban as well. Twenty two points off for Hobbs win the league. I think I think it'll be close. Like you know, I think Richie Tell will make a, a big difference in, in, in going into Rovers as well. And I say Dundalk are, uh, are a, a little bit disappointed that they, they didn't get that one over the line, you know. So, um, But look, it's going to be close and they've got Duffy and they've got Fats and I think, you know, they're probably two of the best players in the league and if not the two best players in the league on that day. So, you know, and I think Greg Bulger leaving Rovers, I don't know, like, you know, it would have, I wouldn't like to play against Greg Bulger in the middle of the park, put it that way. So, you know, I think I think he'll be 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 a, be a bit of a miss, you know. Listen, okay. it's been brilliant we'll, having we'll, you on. Yeah, we'll yeah. put we'll put Greg at number twelve on your team, and I think <laughs> people have listened to that slot and go. Jack Byrne basically says he was worth around twenty two points last season. That's basically <laughs> the that, That's basically <laughs> what Jim. that was worth twenty two. Eleven each or something. Eleven each. No, no, no. Yeah. No, but come here. I have to say one thing about Greg Bulger is he's probably one of the best midfielders that I have played with in my time at Rovers, and you know, for the dressing room and, and all that kind of stuff, he was he was he was a uh, he was really really good, and he was really good to me when I first came back there. And then how my you know season started to go, he would have had a big impact in that playing alongside him. So as people that have affected my career on the pitch, you know, I certainly. 
would put him high up there and definitely wouldn't want to be playing against him this year at Sligo, you know. Great stuff. Listen, Jack, we really appreciate your time. They're nice words. And uh, we'll catch up with you again maybe later in the year, hopefully. Thanks, Jack. That was Jack Byrne, Dan, the inimitable Jack Byrne. And, uh, you know, I, I think you kind of reference this you know there'll be an implication when you follow it from afar that like jack must be sulking worrying about his future where is his life going in 27 degrees in cyprus which isn't really in lockdown i think anymore but he's actually happy out and uh despite his injury he seems to be enjoying life no no listen i think he i think he is like i mean i think he spoke well there and i think he's done a lot of, he's done various bits in recent weeks but i Actually, I, I mean, I, I haven't actually heard him speak that openly, at, you know, about aspects of his uh, early days at Rovers and probably, you know, he didn't quite use the words himself, but he probably came in a bit big time in some ways, you know. And, and like, you actually did hear chat. I remember hearing chat in that preseason. People weren't sure if it was going to work out for Jack, mm. you know, at Rovers that just, you know, could he, could he really get the head down and, and, and settle in there? And, and certainly... Like he's, he's, I think he's demanding of other players and hard on other players, um, because of his own standards. But like he managed to, uh, managed to make it work and and a great success story. But I, I listen, like, I, and I like the fact like he's had people talking about him since 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 you know 12, 13, 14 years of age. There's loads of commentary. You hear comments all the time. You know, he's not in the team. Does he regret his move? You know, all of this stuff. Um, and and like, there's no doubt that obviously the situation at Apwell isn't ideal. Um, but I think the fact that he has the security of a two and a half year deal, um, and that I think the injury he had, he probably needed to rest at some stage anyway. I think that the judgment will be where what happens from from next August September, and um, it, we're we're in a strange we're in a strange world at the moment. I, I don't know, I don't know like what move would have been straightforward from that stage. Because um, I always say it's it's actually it's harder for a League of Ireland player to leave in the winter window and go to the UK mm. the summer the summer one you have a run of games and then you have a fitness edge wherever you go and you hit the ground running and you see Shawnee Maguire and people do that as I often I think I think in, in winter the winter ones now Darren Horgan actually started okay at Preston and maybe there's other examples people can, can scream at me and uh, Jamie McGrath took him a while to get going he was much better this season than, than last when he had a bit of a run Zach Albazetti like you know it hasn't really like he's sort of stalled with that alone but I think you know hitting the ground running in January is hard no matter where you go. Um, so I think it's all about the summer and hitting next September or August whenever their season starts uh, in in full stride. But we, we will miss them around the league. I think there's no doubt that the it was great. You know it was great to have that sense of like going to a League of Ireland game on a Friday night and there's a proper Irish international involved. Um, well, I see on that as well, like. The case. Yeah, like as we mentioned a few times, that Danny Mandroyu is a like-for-like replacement when there isn't a like-for-like replacement for Jack Byrne. No, no, and and Stephen Bradley would say they're they're a different type of player anyway. Mm. Um, and and in some respects, I mean, the the, the news we're speaking now on, on Monday, they have announced the permanent signing or on a pre-contract of of, of Graham Burke in the summer. And obviously, at times there was a sense, like the thing about Rovers is like they were obviously exceptionally good to win the league. I, I don't subscribe to the view like uh, the Pat Hoover and stuff like Roberts would have won the league if it was 36 comfortably as well but uh, he is a shit star though isn't he he's clearly just <laughs> having the crack there like the who and either yeah you know shit star from Galway having the crack I mean who would have thought it <laughs> who would have thought it but but like the the, the the point about it is that 
there was always that question that if they were really tested, even like accommodating Jack and, and Graham Burke for the same team and all the challenges of that, like they were, they, they obviously did it and they were exceptionally good, but like, you know, they weren't sort of pressed to the pin of their collar completely. Like they won the league in an absolute stroll. And, they, and like, even if they, if they had kept Jack, I, I still think like to get to that next level as a team, like they probably always have to evolve. And this is the next stage of evolution now is to cope without uh, two star players. And it's something Dundalk did over there. You know, the Dundalk have done it consistently across their period of dominance. Like they, they lost players every year. Um, even after the, you know, they lost sort of Pat Hooven after the first league. And, and they always, always there was someone going at the end of the season. Richie Terrell, second year, is now coming back to, to Rovers in the summer. Uh, to Rovers, not to Dundalk. So it's, I still think it's the, next, it's the next level test is to be able to be resilient enough to cope with uh, like a, a big hole in your team. I mean, and Jack did mention it. Like Jack was creativity and McAniff was energy and legs. And watching them on Friday, um, they played Ronan Finn and Chris McCannon, sort of a two. Um, and, you know, it's, it's you know, Gary O'Neill doesn't involve, someone who's done very well for them. Uh, Dylan Watts come off the bench and Jack gave him a good mention. They just need to get the balance right in there. And, and it's definitely not going to be like for like because they don't have the same type of players. Yeah, and they have a cracking uh, start to the season, obviously, against St. Patrick's, which we, we will talk about. Dan, we're giving away pizza. We are, Johnny. We are, we are going to introduce a trivia question. Um, and if people can tweet us the answer at our Twitter account, with you, know, you can tweet us or you can put out with the hashtag LOI Central the answer to this trivia question. You will be getting a four-star pizza delivered on a match night of your choice or the, 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 on your team's match night. Isn't that the gig, Johnny? This is exactly the gig. It's like, remember Lionel Hutz? Well, I didn't win. Here's your pizza. Mark's like, but we won. It's okay. The box is empty. We actually are giving away a pizza and it's match night of your choice, your team this week. If you're a First Vision fan, just pick a night and so on and so forth. I love pizzas any night of the week. I love a pizza Friday night. Maybe you've had a few beers for the game. Dan, what is the question? The question is, which current League of Ireland player has spent time on the books of both PSG and Accrington Stanley? That's Paris Saint-Germain, or you have some other way of pronouncing it. PSJ, I've been watching a lot of Call My Agent recently. It's been quite, um, quite, quite you're crazy. Very, you're, you're, you're very on trend. You're very yeah, on trend. very on trend. That's the question. That's the question. People can get their answers in. You might be eaten soon. On yeah. four and we'll have a little bit of a raffle um, with the right answers and we come up with the winner and we will be posting that on our social channels. This may or may not be related to the question. Here's Keith Long. Keith, uh, it's, uh, it's been a long off season. You must be delighted we're nearly back. Yeah, it's, uh, probably, it's too long really. Obviously the season was extended or put back a month. So uh, for COVID, that's, that's uh, you know, fair enough to be fair. So um, good decision. Yeah, delighted to be back. Yeah, it's great. Not not particularly nice playing in this type of weather without experience tonight, but we're all looking forward to the season. Bowls are interesting because you lost some key players, but you brought in some really interesting players as well. Where are you compared to last year? Do you think? Um, we, we can't compare last year with with, with, with the season upcoming. Obviously, you know, there's a little bit of the unknown. We've got nine new faces, so uh, coming into the into the team, so we've lost some key players from last year. So. Um, yeah, it will take a little bit of time to for for players to settle in to to gel fully. You can see some of the the, the uh, problems that Galway causes tonight. So um, yeah, just lots of um, lots of work to do. Let's put it that way. You seem to have different options as well if you want to change things up up top and so on. 
Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got Georgie Kelly's come in. We've got Thomas Alua who played down the side tonight, got a goal. Um, we've got we've got Bradley Rolt who um, picked up a little niggle against Bray last week, and you know uh, he might get some minutes tomorrow. But you know, it's uh, we've got we've got good options. I think we've got Keith Ward and Bastian Harry in, in the bench or on the bench tonight. Um, that didn't come on. Um, you know, Ross Terry came on. I thought he did quite well. Then there's other boys that, that haven't come tonight, so uh, Galway provided a real test for us tonight, which is what we needed going into the game up in Paris next week. It looks like a good league this season as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's like there's there's lots of uh, change around the league with, the, with so many um, new new players coming into to clubs, and um, yeah, the competition will be will be tough again this year. There's no doubt about that. So you look at Dundalk, you look at Rovers. They're obviously the teams that everybody are talking about, and, and then it's it's everybody else, isn't it? So um, you, you know, we would like obviously to do as, uh, as well as we possibly can. You know, last year 18 games, we finished second. So um, obviously, it's a it's a different animal this year. Over 36 games, so we've got to make sure that you know we try and hit the ground as a running if we possibly can. It's a really, really tough game up in Finham's next week. You know, hopefully the conditions won't be as bad as they were tonight. But uh, this was the ideal game for us, really, in, in preparation for the for the Harps game. The weather was anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, you know, we we should be used to playing in monsoon conditions, and the wind was really stiff tonight. Obviously, the referee had to stop the game for a short time because the players couldn't see the ball. So, ah, listen, it's. it's do you have a target this season? Well, yeah, well, listen, we don't, we don't particularly set targets um, at, at the start of the season because, you know, they, they change, they evolve, you, you know, and, and as, you, as, you, as, you, as the season goes on. So, um, we want to try, as I said this yesterday, um, we want to try and be as competitive as we possibly can over the course of the season. You know, it's a 36-game campaign this year, providing everything goes to plan. So we've got to make sure that we have that durability throughout the squad to try and you know last the pace if we possibly can and be as competitive as we can. So you know, teams have strengthened. You know, teams have recruited in the off season, and you know it's it's important that you know to a fast start. And you know, I'm not I'm not we've got probably the toughest challenge mm. of all on, on the opening night of the season going up to Finn Park and. You know, in the time of year that it is, and, you know, Ali, I think was at the game tonight. I think he'll, he'll be looking at certain things, and you know, he, he'll he'll uh, he'll be relishing the challenge. That's for sure. It's a long way away now, but just looking to Europe and that, how well you did last year's season, albeit in defeat, you must be really looking forward to that down the line. Well, I'm glad you said that, Johnny, because I don't think there's much talk about how well we performed in Europe last year against you know a really really good side. Um, we were the width of a post from getting into going into the the, the, the next round, and um, the boys were outstanding, particularly for such a young team. They were outstanding in Europe last year, and you know we played really really well. And you know it was unfortunate that we we lost a couple of games coming back after Europe. Uh, you know because we were in good form, we were in really good form, and and uh, we come back and we you know we lost. I think we lost to Waterford at home. We lost to, to Rovers away. Uh, back to back and that set us back a little bit but you know we were able to bounce back again and, and, and continue strong to the end of the year um, and then to lose ba badly I suppose in the quarter final and, and you know that that's that's really 
you know that, that crystallised some of the things that we did in the off season you know in terms of recruitment so we felt that we needed to get better quality in if we possibly could um, it is difficult to try and do that around the league you know so um, sometimes you have to go outside of it and you know we'll see we'll see if we're, whether we've recruited well over the course of the season you know we've, we've had good preparation coming into the campaign because we've got some boys who got 90 minutes under their belt tomorrow that will play 90 minutes and um, we've had some good performances with both the different um, systems and formations in, in one or two games and you know listen there is that starts next week the phony war is over mm. now um, you know there is a sense of uh, you know falseness and um, over uh, in pre-season because it's so long I think we're back seven weeks now at this stage mm. you know so uh, the real stuff starts next week when we, we're accountable for our performances. Just final question, the club itself, I mean, obviously COVID's been a disaster for everyone, but reaching a new milestone with members and this link-up with DCU just seems great news all in all. Yeah, it is a fantastic step for the club, there's no doubt about it. It will improve performance levels across all areas of the club, really, to be honest with you, and it gives us that element and um, to, to grow as a club, to, to bring our teams closer together, to align some of the stuff that we do academy level with the first team. So, you know, um, yeah, it's 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 a really positive step for us because we're going into a culture that is high performance, mm. um, and it is that environment that we've tried to to try to you know foster over the last few years, and you know we've got lots of new players coming into it, so it is good that we can bring them into that environment, and it will help us going forward. As a club. Best of luck in the season ahead. Yeah, that was Keith Long. Now we're joined by Gary Rogers, uh, who's just uh, over the course of the last half an hour uh, earned yet another accolade. He's made Jack Byrne's best 11 in the League of Ireland. Gary, um, what more can you say about Jack Byrne? Yes, Jack's a great guy. He knows his football. Gary, are you missing not doing a pre season? Oh, actually, I think you love training. That's the thing. So you might be missing pre season more than most, or, or have you? Yeah. I'm- I do, yeah. I really did like training and enjoyed being on the training pitch. But I've got to say, I'm I'm really not missing um, the hard yards now. I think I think it was the right time, and I'm really happy to kind of uh, take the break from it and uh, hopefully look forward to a bit of training in the summer when the weather picks up a little bit. I'll be fair weather player now. But uh, no, I'm not really. I haven't missed it at all, to be honest with you. Which I'm I'm kind of surprised at myself. But I suppose that's a good indication that uh, it was the right time to to hang them up. And, and come here, has, has Jorge Mendez paid for your Watch Out of Eye subscription? Or what way does that work now? I mean, it's, it's, it's a working yeah, expense, Yeah, it's, re- right? it's, ready, it's ready to go. I, I watched uh, the game the other day on, on, on Watch Out of Eye, so it's uh, certainly, um, yeah, I'll definitely be tuning into plenty of games and keeping an eye. It's definitely a work expense, Dan. <laughs> and how are you finding the, the, the I suppose most people are aware, but just in case people are listening, have been away or not paying attention to the league over the winter months, so you finished up and you are now scouting for uh, Gestifuge. Is that how you pronounce it? That's that's the yeah. company uh, synonymous with Mendes, I suppose. But they have a much broader operation, obviously, of, of, of scouts and, and agents and people involved. And you're scouting at the moment. Um, like, but I, I guess I'm just like from the perspective of, and not to dwell on this too much because I know you've spoken about it, but like, you've been in the zone of your own zone, particularly a goalkeeper. It's a very singular mindset for like 20, 20 plus years. Is it a challenge then to like get into the head of like going to a game and suddenly you're just watching everyone? You're watching every player, you're watching right backs, you're watching strikers, you know, and, and just you know that that sort of getting into the headspace of what you need to do in this job now. Yeah, I, I think you're looking at more strategically looking at maybe one or two players, depending on the age profile. So you, you cannot 
a lot of the older guys like myself out, out of that. So mm. you're kind of looking at younger players. So it's kind of more uh, targeted approach in, in the sort of players that you're looking at, you know, that potentially be coming through the first team, might even be in the first team yet. So obviously when, when the, the League of Ireland season kicks off for the underage uh, teams, I'll be more looking at that. But at the minute, and the focus is certainly on, they say, the younger players that are going to get opportunities to play this year, whether it be in the first division or the Premier Division. So there's lots of young talent coming through. And I think with the financial situation in clubs and the league in general, I think um, teams are more likely to to bring their youth through and to give them a chance and, and help develop in that way. So I think it's a really good good time for young players in the league. You know, They're going to go and play senior football with their clubs and hopefully progress. And that will stand to them in their development. Mm. You've joined Monaghan as well. I have indeed. Yeah, that was uh, much, our, our old buddy David Jennings always talks about you and your 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 Meath days and so forth and you, you, the get the goalkeeping. But that that's an interesting dynamic as well. And it seems to be a, a team with ex Dundalk keepers, even if they're not Irish now, to join the GA teams. Yeah, I've always been involved with with, with the GA teams over the years, and like I was with I was with. Um, Cavan for four years when it was in Sligo and stuff like that and I've been with Mead on a couple of different times in West mm. Mead and um, it, it's certainly it, it's an area where I think you know the GEA is probably underdeveloped in terms of goalkeeping coaching because there is no GEA goalkeeping badge um, like as we know there's there's any amount of goalkeepers at every level and every team has one and it's become massively important to how the game is played now in GA and yet there's no real official coaching badges for it so it, it's certainly something that that's, uh, probably could be looked at when mm. in the coaching pathway there in the GA um, mm. and I think in order to do that you kind of have to outsource, outsource it to people like you know who got you away for qualifications um, because there is a lot of the stuff that kind of trans, uh, transfers over in terms of the skills uh, the basic skills of the game Let's, let's crack into it, Gary, just with a view to the season ahead then. This is our preview. Um, now we, we've had a bit of Rovers the dog chat. We'll probably come back to you on that at the end. But uh, we did hear from Keith Long there. And it's funny, you mentioned about um, you know, young players, how the league has become younger. I suppose Bowes are one very, very sort of shining example of that in terms of the profile of their squad in recent years. What have you made of them? And have they challenged this year for you? Um, I, th I certainly think they'll be in the top three. Um, there's no doubt that like, whether they'll, you know, I suppose, break into Dundalk, uh, Shamrock Rovers, it's difficult to say. L like you say, Keith has been brilliant and, and Trevor in terms of bringing young players through their academy. Um, they've also been very good at spotting young players that come back as well from the UK uh, and I suppose integrating them into their squads and kind of rebuilding them, if you like. There's a lot of, a lot of players come back from the UK whether they went to 14, 15, it hasn't worked out for them. And they just, some of them kind of fall out all over football. So Keith has been really good at, um, you know, looking at that talent coming back and getting the best out of them and uh, developing them again. So I think, you know, Bowes as a side, they've been, everything about them has been good. You look at what they've done um, on and off the field as a club, um, the development there has been excellent. Whether they have enough to, um, to win the title over Shamrock Rovers or Dundalk, um, that remains to be seen. But over 36 games, it, it, it'll be it'll be certainly a very interesting season. I just don't think they probably have enough to to, to win the title, but they'll certainly be in the in the hunt for it. Well, it's interesting you say that because you, you kind of I think you've more or less said there in in, in, in no uncertain terms that St Pat's probably won't finish in the top three, which is interesting because I think they must have a chance of some description this season. But do you think they're a little bit below that bracket that you mentioned? 
No, I think St. Pat's actually, now that you say it, I think they've been, they've been doing really well kind of under the radar in pre-season. I think nobody's mm. really focusing on them and uh, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, new goalkeeper comes in, the young lad from Liverpool, um, because the reports are that he's been very good. So that that's obviously been one area that's changed with Brendan Clark obviously going to to Shelburne and that will be key, a, key, a key area. Um, Stephen has done a really good job and I actually do think, I think, if you're putting a position on it, I would think they'll be they'll make Europe, um, but I don't think they'll win the league. Hmm. That's fair enough. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough one, really, isn't it? Like, I mean, Sligo is not one of your former clubs, Gary, who they've made Europe, which was, I mean, they were they were relegation contenders at the start of it. Uh, they've managed to come out returning a profit for the year. Um, <laughs> it's sort of a, a, impressive work, you know, uh, in, in COVID times, sort of a, a weird story in some respects, but they sort of seem sort of uh, they seem excited enough about where they're at with their attacking options. Young Johnny Kenny, Romeo Parks back. I mean, they, there seems to be a view. Like even Stephen Bradley said it last year that they were the best team they played against in transition. Like on the counter attack, they have like good attributes. And I don't know from your perspective, what what do you make of them? Yeah, I've watched them. They've, they have looked they've looked very good in in preseason. Like you say, Romeo Parks and Johnny Kenny. Um, you know, very interesting. Johnny Kenny scored five goals in preseason. He's a, a young guy with a big future. Mm. Um, but you look at you look at the likes of Greg Bulger, who's come in there, and he will add real quality and steel. He's he's a leader and a winner. And uh, I know he's left Shamrock Rovers, but everywhere Greg has been, you know, he's been successful. And I think somebody like that coming into the dressing room will really help um, Sligo Rovers. And it's no surprise that Lean brings him back in there. So. Um, I think they've signed really well and they can build on probably last season. Whether they'll be in the top four or not is another thing. I think it might be just beyond them uh, with, with maybe Pats um, getting stronger um, from last season and Stevie O'Donnell having another year on his belt there. So I do think Sligo will be good, um, but top four, it, it could be tough. It'd be very competitive to get in there. Mm. Waterford United. Um, let's talk about them. The, they don't yeah. exist, Johnny. They don't exist. Yeah, Waterford FC, even. Um, yeah, we're we're all about uh, new names and so forth. It's like LOI. It's like LOI Weekly. LOI Central. We are obviously, but um, yeah, Gary Waterford's an interesting one because um, I to be honest, like a lot of people are suggesting to me that they're going to be down the relegation struggle. Waterford did really well last season, all told. Um, what do you make of developments in the RSC? Yeah, it's very interesting. I think you know you they've lost a lot of their their better players have been cherry picked by, by other clubs like the Bows and Pats and stuff like that. The likes of uh, Terry Wilson and Ali Coote are, are gone mm. and Sam Bowen. So these guys now I know Brian Murphy is still there. Um, Brian's actually been injured and he hasn't played in preseason and he was he was huge to them last year. And if whatever they're going to have any chance of staying up, he's going to have to be massive again this year. So I, I really don't see the strategy with Waterford in in terms of. You know, they go the whole preseason with half a squad and then they throw six or seven new faces in. I don't think that they got away with it last year for me. I don't think that will work this year. I think over 36 games, that won't uh, that won't wash. I don't think I and I think that's trouble. It's interesting at Waterford as well. I mean, you've got Kevin Sheedy coming in who's is who's, who's 61. Um, you know, iconic figure in, in Irish sporting history with the, the goal against England, and he's never managed uh, a senior team. For I mean, it didn't stop Filippo last year, I suppose. But you got Sheedy and and Mike Newell as a team. Uh, 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 like it, it, it sort of slipped under the radar of people. I think to some degree, the most recent gig was in um, was in, in Saudi Saudi Arabia. Maybe they heard about Galway when they were over there, Johnny. You wouldn't know what, what it was. 
But like it's it's a sort of a random one, I think, for the players there that they just have like that these characters are, are dropped in. Like, you know, it's it's like you talk about stability and they yet they they somehow have ability to like they they keep doing it every year. Like they have actually like they they probably should have made Europe last year, mm. realistically. Like if they if they'd done better up against Finn Harps or in their second last game, or even the couple you think about the couple of times they gave away leads against you guys, Gary, you know, against the dock, like in the but the the game the demand yeah, game two, was they were two 0 up yeah two yeah up, like they I, were they, two all draw the margins were so slim for them you know so it's very hard to know I mean Finn Harps for once aren't the relegation favourites and the Wally Horgan will tell you they probably are um and we've drawn in Longford like it's I don't know what's your sense of like who who's vulnerable then there Gary I mean it's it's pretty obvious to focus in on the the the, the you know the part time uh, teams isn't it really to some degree. It is, yeah, and I suppose Longford, I think, um, you know, Darren's been very loyal to the players that have got him up. Um, so I know they've added a couple of players into that, the likes of Boulder coming back from Cardinals and Dobbs, but um, they they will be there or thereabouts in terms of it, it, the relegation battle. I think Drotter will probably have enough to, to survive. The likes of Rona Murray, I think if he can stay fit, he adds real quality and they've brought in Dinny Cochran and... You know, they had Chrissy Lyons up there, so I think they will get goals, um, which is which is going to be massively important, uh, when it comes to staying up. So I think there's goals in that side, um, but I'm not so sure. Uh, I think I think Waterford will struggle. Uh, I know what you're saying, but Kevin Cheedy, with his vast experience as a player, um, but I think that you know when you're bringing in six players on loan, and then you know maybe they go back in the summer, maybe they don't. I think that instability is not really great for for a club. Especially over the, the longer season, so um, I would be I would be kind of worried about Longford and and Waterford in particular. But you you just don't you you never know. Obviously, it, we haven't even mentioned Finn Harps, but yeah, it's kind of funny, they, Gary. This is sort of like this is one season. I, I genuinely I can't see Finn Harps going down. I think they they were they showed more than enough last season, even against good teams. They nearly knocked Rovers out of the cup, um, and they just they're actually playing a decent brand of football to an extent. I can't see it. I think they'll only be improving. Yeah, the likes of McNamee there, uh, you see. You know, Finn Harps have probably have been labelled as you know they don't play much football, but they have got quality players. I think they will battle hard, as they always do. But when football breaks out, if you like, you know they have got quality <laughs> players that they put you, you know, yeah. um, up and Finn Harps. <laughs> football Finn breaks Harris. out. Fo- yeah. Football doesn't often break out. <laughs> it reminds it reminds me of Rona Cole, the Galway United fan. He used to shout, "Stick to what you're good at and stop trying to play football." You know, but uh, they perhaps actually played. Derry is an interesting one for me, Lazo. I I I don't know what to make of Derry this season. To be honest, I thought they were desperately disappointed last season. Watched them absolutely batter bows in daily mounts, and they were one nil up in injury time and lost the game. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, how is this even possible? They played very well in a lot of the games I saw, but they were they were nearly batting relegation at the end, Gary. Well, well, yeah, I was going to say though, I was going to say, Gary, sorry, but um, just to cut across you, but Johnny, were you in that press team today? I was. Yeah, divine. I was. Yeah, so, Declan, so Gary might not be aware of this, obviously, but um, but Liam Coyle has come out and said in Derry that. If if Decky doesn't qualify for Europe this year, he's he's gone. Mm. You know, and like that doesn't happen too often in this league, really. You know, like ex-players at a particular club are generally they can be diplomatic enough, you know, particularly the ones in the, you know, in the, the sort of the regional side, you know, of a strong local media. I don't know, maybe that's maybe I'm I'm getting that all wrong. But like it's a quite a strong statement. And and it was put to Decky Divine today, and you could see he was a bit, oh, you know. That that's that's a bit of one to throw at me, and he was sort of saying, "Well, you know, I'm doing my best for this club. I know the expectations." I think he said, 
in the last 12 years, Derry have finished in the bottom half more, more often than the top. But I don't think people really see Derry in, in, in that way. So um, it, it just feels like they're under a bit of pressure, Gary. Well, from the sound of that, it, it certainly does. Um, you know, it, it appears that way that there's a bit of pressure being applied there. Um, like Derry have always produced really good players, and I think you know they'll be counting on maybe a couple of young players that to come through from their academy. I think you know Paddy McCourt will be doing good work in the academy there, and um, I know Lafferty has gone back there in Parkhead. Mm. So you'd like to think they'll score goals and. Um, it, it's just it, it's it's hard to know. I suppose I probably haven't seen enough of Derry in pre-season, but it'll be interesting to see how they start, uh, and that could be a good indication to to where if they can start and build a bit of momentum. Derry are the sort of side that you know if they can get a bit of a run going and be difficult to beat in um, in the Brandywell, you know top half finish is definitely you know well within them. I don't forget Europe though. Um, I just think they're a little bit short. Europe, but I do think they could be top half, um, mid-table top half. It's interesting as well because when they, that game against Moes, they didn't have any Derry player at the start of eleven that night, and um, which was mad because they have developed so many young players, and I think there will be a bit of a movement uh, back. Gary, I'm fascinated to get your views in the title race, but we did put this out to the floor in terms of questions, and it was funny. Gary Rogers and Jack Byrne, and we asked questions, and I think the first six or seven were all addressed to Gary Rogers. Here's one from Terry the Tiger. Ask Gary what his favorite Galway United match was. Uh, or the last game when we stayed up against UCD after that kind of we were I think we were ten points ten points away from safety in two thousand seven and we stayed up in the last game of the season against UCD up in Belfield and we had uh, the president in the dressing room afterwards celebrating. Yeah, the president, who of course was unable to go to his own game, uh, such as the, the the mad times that we live in. Here's I like this one now. What is Gary's initial opinion on Alessio Abibi from the President's Cup, and what does he think about the goalkeeper setup now in Oriel Park? Um, I think he did well in the game. Obviously, he couldn't have asked for a better start. To be fair, um, you know, couldn't do much about Liam Scales' goal, and then to save a couple of penalties in the shooter, I think he'd be very happy with his day's work. Um, it's very difficult to say. I think you've got to have a look at him over 10, 10 to 15 games and let him get his, uh, get his uh, I suppose, feet under the table and get adjusted to, to the League of Ireland. I think you'd be in a far better position to judge him then. But I think you've got to give him a run in the team and, and see where he's at because, it, you know, as a goalkeeper, you need that little bit of time um, to, you know, work with your new teammates, a new team and, and a new league. So he's he's got a huge challenge there. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops over time. Yeah, it was um, just on that. But Dundalk played five different new new players from different countries, basically that weren't Ireland. I, I thought they actually looked like they looked. You know, mostly when you get these exotic lads in the League of Ireland, you'd be a bit skeptical. But they actually looked like they kind of knew they knew their they knew their job and they looked like they played together before. Yeah, initially I suppose I was probably concerned when I seen you know six or seven players coming in from from you know all parts of Europe, if you like. and But they did look really good and really settled. And it, it looks like they've got some serious quality there. Like, Sonny has come in and done well. Really like the look of the, the right-back. Um, I can pronounce his name. Jorkowski. Yes. He's looked really good. Um, I think he's a very good player. Um, and I know that uh, Mitch Gogan, I think that they rate him quite highly from... You know, I know he didn't play in the last game, but from what I've heard, is they rate him very highly as well. And you've Stanton as well. So, like, there is quality there. I think... No matter who the dog put out there, they didn't even have Mickey Duffy the other day. Um, mm. And like, I think, but I do think Patrick McInerney will be key. I think if if Dundalk can have Patrick McInerney fit for the whole season, I think that could be massive for the club because I think 
in terms of talent, he's an outstanding talent. He's a brilliant footballer. And if he could get a run of a full season um, with no injuries, I think um, you could be looking at one of the best players in the league, no doubt. We have a, another question here from Sport Strategy Ireland. Not actually uh, the person's name, unless it's a very little-known little known strategy, little known strategy Ireland final family uh, in Cork. Please, please ask Gary how he views the new FAI regime and if he has noticed a better relationship with the domestic game already. Does it feel like a new dawn, potential new dawn? Well, it's a very difficult um, situation that the new FEI have been thrown into when you think of you know, the, the current state of, of the world, never mind uh, football. Um, I think there's probably good signs in terms of the, the clubs and the FEI working together in order to keep football afloat. Um, but there, there is, um, there's obviously a lot of people in that regime from the old regime, if you like, that enable the old regime that are still there. So it's, it is difficult to say, given different circumstances, because in fairness, you've got to give them credit for for having the game up and running and continuing. And all the clubs are, are, are alive and well, if you like, in terms of, you know, the, the, they haven't gone bust and they're still here. So it's a hugely difficult task at the minute, um, you know, to keep football um, on the agenda and keep keep the games going. So it, it is difficult to judge them at the minute. But look, I think there are signs that there is a collaboration between between the clubs and the FBI, and that is a, that is a positive. I would like if they got rid of you know the the twelve o'clock uh, press release. I think you know then mm. days have to go. Mm. Yeah, even Gordon Elliott was up the, to that. He sent out press release at half eleven on a Saturday night. It's like, where did he learn that from? But um, yeah, hopefully it wasn't that sound. Um, this one, Gary Conan Megan, what do you make of the management team? How do you think they'll do this season? You're obviously this Dundalk. You're obviously familiar with these. You're talking about um Filippo last season that you actually really enjoyed the the new guys coming in, and um, obviously we have a new season now. Yeah, it, it's certainly going to be interesting. I think um, it's hard to know what way it's going to go. Managerial situation, but the one thing I am sure of is whatever eleven they put on the pitch, they've got quality players. So I think you know once once that remains the same, they'll 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 be there there. I think the lads did really well last year. You look at Filippo comes into a, a kind of a, a really unknown environment for him and qualifies for for uh, for the Europa League and wins an FAI Cup. But I think you know the 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 ongoing scenario behind the scenes has probably taken away from them achievements because we seem to talk more about the managerial situation than than actually a club qualifying for the Europa League group stages, which is unfortunate mm. because I think you know our, our league needs to be promoted to the best the best of its ability by its own clubs and by the governing body and you know, we seem to be always talking about what's going on in terms of pro licenses when we should be really talking about a team that qualified for the Europa League group stages and played against top teams and played really well. But that doesn't seem to be the case, unfortunately. How did you think that went, actually? Because there were some... I mean, Dundalk managed to score eight goals in the Europa League group stages, which I, I was quite remarkable. Obviously, he didn't get a point, but, um, you know, the, the calibre of opposition in what was a bit of a mad campaign. How do you reflect on your final um, European run? Uh, disappointed. I think it was a chance that got away. I think that was a group that we were capable of getting out of. And I know that might sound mad to some people, but I would have believed that we were good enough to get out of that group. You'll go back to the first game. And the first game is always key for for a side like us. You I'm absolutely delighted you said this, because I was lambasted for suggesting Rovers would have done okay in the group. You think you were capable of getting out of the group? Yeah, I do. I do think that that second spot was available. When you look at, you know, Molde, First game, we were one 0 up. I think if we hadn't to play Derry City on the Monday night, we were the only club in Europa League competition who had to play a game on the Monday before a Europa League game on a Thursday. 
And the one thing about League of Ireland clubs is you need every, everything to go well for you mm. when it comes to European competitions and you need every advantage possible. And that certainly wasn't, you know, setting us up for ideal preparation. I think that's a game that we probably could have won. If you win the first game, you're off to a good start. Obviously, you're not expected to beat Arsenal in either game and that's, that materialised. But I do think we would have been capable of taking points um, off, off Rapid Vienna and Mould again. But the first win would have, would have been critical to the whole thing. Um, so yeah, can you be I, honest as well? How how did you take not playing in Vienna? Because it was it was harsh on you, you know, obviously. And um, it, you you have to take this on the chain, I suppose. Yeah, Filippo, uh, me, we 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 kind of uh, had a few disagreements over resting goalkeepers and stuff. Like I used to say, look, you don't rest the goalkeeper. Mm. If the goalkeeper wants to play every week, and, and I I'm the same. And he was kind of of the opinion, I can't play three games in a week. You know, and I said, well, goalkeepers are one place where you can play three games a week. I think goalkeepers need to play week in, week out. They need to know that they're the number one. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't happy. Uh, like I, I was never happy not to be playing. And, and uh, um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. Like, I, you know, I played the next game against Sligo, or I think it was Sligo. I can't remember even then. But, yeah, it was a case of, yeah, he, he was chopping and changing a little bit with, with the goalkeepers where I played all the European games up until that. And then didn't play that one. To be honest with you, I got injured. I got injured um, in the warm up, but I didn't tell him because I didn't want that to be a factor on the Monday. This is like it's like a Tommy Tiernan show with all the revelations coming out. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Say, <laughs> yeah, I injured my knee on the Tuesday when we arrived there in training. So I'm kind of like you know, I, I even though I didn't say that to the manager because then I knew I definitely wouldn't play. I kind of had a feeling I wasn't playing because he didn't. He, he announced the team. And um, the day of the game, so you never know. So it's um, yeah. Mm. Look, it's you probably know what I'm hearing, do you? Uh, uh, the, so you turn up the road. Eh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so he hasn't been, uh, that, that was the one thing I heard about. That's the, the one thing I heard about Filippo actually. That Filippo does name his team on the day of the game. Shane Keegan does now, I'd say. But but um, you know, Filippo does name the team on the, the day of the game, which is not probably typical of every manager. Yeah, it's funny you say that because Martin O'Neill because. I remember the first time in, in the Irish dressing room, I was, I was, uh, all the lads were sitting around, it was really quiet, and I was asking into the toilet, I was walking back, and everyone was really quiet. I couldn't believe that he, he didn't name the team until, um, until we were in the dressing room, we're all sitting around, he didn't know you were playing. But that's, yeah, look, that's the way Filippo did things, that's the way Martin did things, it keeps everyone on their toes, it depends on what, what you're used to. Um, I think, you know, I prefer to know the day before that, that I'm playing, and I think, you know, lads, I suppose nowadays, like to, to know and so they can prepare. I think even maybe for for some of the guys who are who are subs and are maybe expecting to play, it can be it can be an issue for them. They might, you, know, you can be angry after when if you're not on the team and you think you should be. And I think if you've got the night to think about it, then you're come into the in, in in a better frame of mind, you know, for the warm up and the game and knowing you probably play a part. I do think that it's probably better to name the team or have an idea. You might name it, but you can put it out there that you would you'd nearly know if you were playing anywhere. So um, I, I think I prefer, I certainly prefer to, to know a day in advance, but that's the way it was done um, last year and we just got on with it. That's the, uh, that's the life, I'm afraid. Um, just one, one in terms of goalkeeping, you could argue, look at Tom Brady and all that, but you could argue um, that maybe the three best goalkeepers in the league last season were actually three of the oldest goalkeepers, namely yourself, Manus and, and uh, Brian Murphy, which I think is fair enough. So how long can you play at the top level as goalkeeper? And did you regress as you got older? Or did you Were you actually peaking in your mid-30s? Or how, how long can you go, I guess? It depends. Like, I, like 
you think you could still play. Um, yeah, it, it depends how you look after yourself. And it depends on your injuries as well. Like, you know, I, I was lucky that I didn't pick up any major. I've had injuries, but nothing like, say, seriously groin, knee injuries or ankle injuries and stuff like that. Um, although I did finish the cup final with a shoulder injury. But mm. um, I certainly think, you know, if you're getting paid maybe 50 grand a week, like GZ Buffon, you can carry on to 44, 45, mm. you know. But... Um, it does like, and I know. Say, look at Alan Manis. Alan Manis is a, is a top pro, and like he's physically in great great condition. All of his teammates would would say that, and I, it does depend. I think I probably I probably got better as I got older, and I became say more determined to kind of to be in better better shape and better condition, and put a lot more focus on strength and conditioning and my own. Um, I suppose I looked at rather than being really fit in terms of running and something, like that, I looked to be kind of physician specific fit, if mm. you like, and um, for my job rather than just being able to kind of, you know, do five Ks on the twenty minutes. It was more kind of uh, targeted at my game rather than than just being really really fit, you know. We're coming to the end of um, what was a bit of an epic uh, episode one. Uh, so here are the fixtures coming up. And do remember to buy your pass, the LOI pass as well. Drawing United versus Watford. Shamrock Rovers against St. Patrick's Athletic. What an absolute cracker in store on Friday night. Um, I'll be at one of those games, and it's not the Shamrock Rovers St. Patrick's Athletic one. Finn Harps against Bowes. Longford against Derry. And Sligo against uh, Dundalk all Saturday, Saturday at yeah. 6 o'clock. Interesting. Yeah. Before, before Gary will will have you on again. We're just thinking like Jack did the best eleven of players he's played against in the mm. league. If we asked you to do that, you'd probably have to take a couple of weeks to list, you know, <laughs> go through all ten to fifteen thousand of them. So you know we'll get back to it. But I suppose to ask you, right, who actually wins the league this season for you? Then you've, you've given us sort of a top three. You've probably given us your top two. I think who's your who's your number one? I think the dog will win the league, um, and. I think the loss of Jack and Aaron McInniff, you know, I think people are probably underplaying that, but you, you've lost two top players. Like Aaron McInniff brings brilliant energy to it, to a midfield and score and threat as well from midfield from long distance. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Shamrock Rovers cope with teams sitting back and you have that low block because that's what happens when you're champions. You know, you've got to come out every week and play really, really well to beat every team. Every team wants to beat you. And it'll be it'll be tough, and it's how how they manage without you know Jack being there, able to link in and open open the door for 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 likes of Green or a Rory Gaffney. Because I think you know you, you take a player out of your out of your squad of that caliber, it, it has to hurt you to some extent. You know, like Dundalk, on the other hand, you look at the goal scoring threat that they have. Um, I think if they can keep things tight at the back, they certainly have. The, the three top goal scorers in the league for over the last four or five years with David Millen, uh, Junior was a top scorer two years ago, and Pat Hoban. And then you've got Miss Gogan coming into it as well, a uh, new player from from KI. So I think there's goals in Dundalk. Um, I'm just, like, there's obviously, we, this could change after 10 games. We'd have a far better idea. But I do think that I'm going to throw my hat on Dundalk um, for, for now anyway. I might change, Johnny, you know. We'll see oh, if, God, I'm yeah. I'm going to have a 13 point start. I might change, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get, have to get that in. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, I was just going to say, Gary, what do we think about it? No one listening actually cares about your prediction. Johnny Ward, what is your, like, what is Johnny's. Don't mind Johnny, he'd stop a train. <laughs> stop a train which is which is great because Shelton is starting uh, tomorrow or whatever Johnny, um, Johnny what's your call I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go this is just, just on this at, the, at this early stage um, 
I didn't see enough in, in either the cup final or actually the game. Uh, you know, Stephen Bradley said that they controlled the game and I was talking to a mate of mine and said Rovers controlled the game. I don't think Rovers controlled the game, to be honest, against Dundalk. I, I, I think McAniff and Jack Byrne are massive losses. Like, to put the two of them together, you basically, t- the t- two of the best players in the league without a shadow of a doubt leaving. Danny Mandrew is not a like-for-like replacement for Jack Byrne. You also have to keep the new players happy. My prediction, um, I, I think... Danny, team, don't tip up Dundalk. They'll go mad if you tip them up. I think Shamrock Rovers, Shamrock Rovers are the most likely winners. But Dundalk are interesting. I actually think Pats are going to have a big, big season. I think Pats are the team to watch this season. Um, I think they'll Are you going to commit and say they're going to win the league? No, I think Rovers are the most likely in the league. But if you're if you a betting man, I'd be going for Pats at the price. The Rovers are odds on. But so, so, no, so who wins the league? Yeah, most likely Shamrock Rovers. I think it'll be close between Bowes, Dundalk and, and Pat for second. So who comes second? Who, who's that then? Uh, my tip Pat to come second and then Dundalk and then Bowes. So Bowes won't be in the top three, Dundalk won't be in the top two. Listen, I can I can feel the anger out there. I, I listen, I I, I think both Dundalk are very hard to call Dan, to be honest. I think so as well. I think I think Dundalk need to start well. And I think I think we'll come back to it again. I think with everything that's going on there and the quirkiness off the pitch, the chairman and, and whatnot, I think they need to start well. If they start well, and I have to say I thought they were better last Friday than maybe I thought. If they start well, I think the, the show will go on the road. And if they start badly, I just think there's there's things strange things can happen there. And I think that'd be my my sense of it. And that's probably why on balance I'd be going for Rovers to, to beat the dog to the title. I think it could be more stable across the season. Um, but I think ability-wise, I think it's a valid, it's a valid debate, and I can understand why someone would go for the dog. I have to say, you know, so it's interesting. Gary, it's been oh, great having you on. No worries, good to be on. Yeah, and um, finally, how will Ireland get on Serbia and Luxembourg? Very briefly. Oh, it, it's you're you're hoping for you're hoping to get off the win. Obviously, you think you'll win in Luxembourg, Serbia game. You know, Serbia are good side. Um, the, we have about a minute left. Actually, how good is Queen yeah, and Keller? Give us something good. Yeah, Quivine is excellent. I watched him. Um, I watched him train with Ireland um, a couple of years ago, and he's really, really quick um, across the ground. And obviously, look, we've seen him. He's an excellent goalkeeper with his feet, and he made his debut against Ajax and was brilliant in that. And um, Roy was really impressed with the speed of how he moved across the goal. Uh, and he, like, he, he, in comparison to the other keeper, Colin Doyle, was able so much faster across the goal uh, mm. in training. So. Um, Keeving's one with a big future obviously playing at a top club with training week in week out with one of the best goalkeepers in the world and um, we're lucky to have a keeper of that quality coming through it's pretty we're not sure if he's going to be fit or not I think if, if Darren Darren obviously doesn't make it um, Keeving would have been ideal you've got Travers obviously coming behind but we're, we're we're not blessed with goalkeepers. We're not. Uh, we're not and, and, and we have to we have to go we're, we're running out of time here Gary thanks for coming on no worries and don't forget uh, the hashtag LOI Central on Twitter. This was brought to you in association with futureticketing.ie. We'll be back next week. But there are limits to your life.